Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. This week, we are chatting with Tim Butler, who moved from New Zealand to Vancouver in June 2019 to get himself out of a rut, challenge himself, and experience the great Canadian outdoors. It's like people don't understand what I'm saying sometimes, and it can get quite frustrating. Um, we were at this bar, and we're sitting outside, and he asked me, like, oh, what have you been up to for work recently? And just as he asked me, this waitress kind of came around and, to come and serve our table. Because I'm a carpenter, I was like, oh, mate, I've been repairing a like, heap of rotten dicks like recently. Oh, no. <laughs> and she just looked at me sideways and was like, and I was like, oh, I'm a carpenter. And she's like, <laughs> I thought you were a surgeon. And I was like, oh, no, no, like, I'm a carpenter. Sorry, like my accent. I was like, I wish I were. I mean, I'd probably be going to pay a lot more if I was a surgeon. Or- <laughs> One of the scariest parts of moving abroad for me personally is knowing that I'm not going to know anyone and I'm about to start from scratch when it comes to finding new people to hang out with. In this episode, Tim shares how he has quickly built a solid social circle through hostels, sports and clubs, and how you can too, and how the power of the expat community can really help you along the way. Let's start the show. Hello, hello, Tim. How are you? Hey, not too bad. How's it going? Good, good. Oh, we have a delay. This is going to be interesting, but we'll we'll make it work. <laughs> so happy to be finally sitting down with you. We were going back and forth, getting this interview nailed down. So thanks so much for for coming on the show. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. It's um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting experience. I kind of never thought I'd be someone that would end up on a podcast, but um, when I saw your post, I was like, yeah, I'll jump at it and see if I've got something to offer. And looking forward to talking about being overseas and living in Canada and everything like that. It'll be fun. Yeah, fantastic. So you're currently living in Vancouver. How is, yeah, the winter treating you so far? Yeah, yeah it's been, uh, oh, the winters here are interesting. Uh, a lot of rain. It's kind of um, been pretty brutal at times. I think coming over and it wasn't something I was fully aware of, but it's not too bad. It's obviously not as cold as other parts of the country, which is nice. But, yeah, it does, it does rain a lot. It gets pretty relentless, so... Yeah, yeah. How does it compare to the weather in New Zealand then? Do you have, I always thought that you get some rain over there too. Yeah, we definitely get some rain in New Zealand. It's a little bit different though. Like we'd get some probably more intensive kind of rain events and more storms that would probably come through. And then you might get sort of three or four days of blue skies or um, days where it wouldn't rain and it would be, you know, kind of get up to 10 degrees or maybe a bit warmer and it would be so bad. You could probably get away with wearing shorts every now and again, but yeah, over here, I've, this is my second winter here, and the amount that it rains is pretty brutal, and I'm uh, working as a carpenter at the moment, so we're working outside. Oh, nice. It's been pretty tough. <laughs> like, there's been some long days, and I've just been getting soaked. Uh, so every day it doesn't rain, it's pretty like, a, it's kind of like a little miracle. You're pretty stoked when the sun comes out, and the, <laughs> yeah. the vibe on site definitely picks up a little bit, but yeah, it's it's 
you get used to it a little bit. And it's also, we're so lucky that we have mountains so close that usually if it's raining down here in the city, it's kind of getting snow up on the mountains, which is pretty cool. You just get used to it, buy a good rain jacket. If you're going to move to Vancouver, you need probably a good two or three rain jackets, I reckon. And like, <laughs> invest, invest in good stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the drastic difference between, like, the East Coast and the West Coast is crazy. And it's so funny because when I first got here, I was like, exactly like you. That is awful. That's hideous. Oh, my God, that's so cold. And then now it's like, oh, it's only, like, minus eight today. Like, that's great. Like, I feel way more Canadian now. I should just have my passport because of that. You earned your stripes almost for the winter because you're from the UK. So what would be the coldest block we would get in the UK? Oh, I don't know, like minus two, but for like a couple days a year. Yeah, the rest of the time it's pretty much the same, like kind of wet and damp and yeah, kind of just miserable. But it, we don't really get like a lot of snow or anything. Yeah, okay. Oh, so it's definitely a little bit colder than where you're from, so takes a while to adjust that's for sure yeah no it's so nice here like i i obviously live i live by the lake in ontario and i cannot believe the amount of activity that goes on out there like i think it's probably a consequence of 2020 like more people just want to get out and be active and do fun things so there's like my neighbors who plowed the snow off the ice and made a hockey rink and then there's like cross-country skiers going by and there's like ice fishing huts in the distance and like sled zooming past like i it's so surprising to me every year like how there's so much to do in the winter and like how great canadians actually have it i'm so jealous of the kids and like the childhood they get here it's so great yeah they're good at definitely making the most of the outside activities even during winter like every canadian you meet is a awesome snowboarder or awesome skier um or you know like they still remain a very active lifestyle in the winter um especially obviously around vancouver is warmer than where you are but um yeah like the ice hockey that's something that's huge i know further inland and it's Definitely people around here play ice hockey, but there's no lakes that they're kind of going out and skating on or anything like that. So that's that'd be cool to see, actually. Just kind of people just cruise out to the lake, have a game of ice hockey or kind of muck around, skate, and then go home. It'd be quite fun to experience that. Yeah. What winter activities have you managed to try out so far? Obviously, with like COVID restrictions, probably has thrown a spanner in the works, but what have you managed to try out? I've uh, been up to the mountain a few times and got into snowboarding, so I'm just kind of trying to get better at that, um, which is awesome, like having the accessibility to that, like I can drive from my place and be up the mountain within like 40 minutes, um, which is unreal, like that's pretty unique, like a very unique thing for, I guess, any city to have that so close, um, and we also have the ocean right there as well, so that it's like in the summer you've got the beach and the ocean, and then in the winter you've got the mountains that have got snow, so that's cool. Um other winter activities, I've been out snowshoeing with some friends and their dog. Like I've got a kind of husky pup, which just loves being out in the snow. So that's pretty cool. Just to experience that. Perfect. Um, it looks like a wolf too. So it's pretty freaky. Like people have walked up to it and then like kind of been a little bit scared when they see this dog that looks like a wolf hanging out in the snow. <laughs> and uh, last, uh, like last winter, did like I kind of got into running quite a bit, which is like the worst time of year to get into running, right? Like a friend of mine, pitched the idea of doing this ultra marathon so we trained for that and we had to train during winter so that was kind of like an interesting experience running through snow and kind of running out on these trails in the winter and this mist and stuff like that it was pretty unreal but now this winter I don't have to do that which is quite nice it's kind of like I've got no pressure to be doing anything like that but yeah other than that it's just kind of I, I would love to be going to the ice hockey to watch that but obviously with COVID we don't really have that option at the moment so yeah 
No, it's definitely, you're totally right saying that they've figured out the way to like make the most of all the seasons. Whereas I feel like in England, you kind of just like lock yourself away in the winter and like wait for the spring. Whereas, yeah, like here, at least with proper snow, you get like you know, all the proper activities, which is great. So, yeah, yeah, they definitely do it well. Yeah. Oh my God. Ultra marathon through the winter. Oh, that was pretty brutal. Like there was, it was an awesome experience, and that was like one of the biggest. COVID kind of robbed us of the opportunity. We trained all through winter, and we did all the hard yards. And I think uh, longest run we did was about thirty-eight kilometers. And then we done our final training run, and we were ten days away from race day, and like everything, just it was like that point where it was kind of like that tip where everyone just locked down, and the US locked down, and they cancelled the event, and. Me and my mate were just—he he was devastated. It was quite funny. We trained all that time and spent all that energy, and kind of would spend a whole day Saturday because I guess the point where you're running kind of four and a half, five hours, and you just can't really plan anything else around your day, and you're so exhausted that you to do all that time and just not be able to actually kind of participate in the event it was pretty devastating. But there's obviously people that have lost a lot more than what we did during COVID, so it was just kind of the reality of it. But. Yeah, I mean, like, what's the worst thing that comes out of that? You're just, like, super fit. Yeah, you kind of come out of winter and you're like, I spent all that winter running and didn't get to do this. But the funny thing was I went snowboarding. I got bought season pass last winter and I kind of bought some gear and got given some gear from friends and stuff. And I had the intention of getting right into the snowboarding and trying to improve on it and things like that. And then my, uh, there's my best mate over here, Jimmy, he kind of conned me into this run a little bit. He... uh he said to me, like, I just finished a half marathon here just as a bit of a fun thing to do and kind of pitched the idea that we do this 30K run down in Utah through the Red Rocks. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. And it was in uh, March, I think. And I thought, oh, it's a while away. I'll kind of lay off running for a little bit and then get back into it. And then he kind of texted me. I think I was going over to his place for Christmas last year and he texted me about two days before it. And he's like, oh, just been for a 22K run or something and I reckon we can do the 50K run. And I was like mate it's three months away I haven't done any training <laughs> so if Christmas last year was my first training run for it and we crammed in three months of training to try and run 53 k's but like we didn't get to do it in the end but it was good experience it was actually a great way to get through winter to be honest like we kind of had to do it so every Saturday we'd get up super early we'd you know kind of have some food and then we'd shoot out to a trail somewhere in the bush and it was a you know you'd be running and it'd be four degrees and you'd just kind of run for a couple of hours and it was kind of a good way of not killing time, but just kind of getting through winter. Like you had something like a challenge that you had to do. So, but it kind of ruined my dreams of trying to learn how to snowboard last uh, last yeah. winter. But I think I paid six hundred and fifty dollars for an hour and a half on the mountain. But oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So like you, I, I guess it's a really great way to see the scenery too, because you're running for all that time and you get to like see a lot of the the landscape here. What do you have to do to be a good runner in the winter season? <laughs> have warm clothes. Like, I, I'm not really sure. Like we, <laughs> when, like we were amateur runners. Like that's a funny thing. Like we didn't really, like I didn't realise how much there was to running until we start getting into the stuff. Eh? Like, like even the shoes in there, I was like, oh, I just had a pair of basically something similar to a Nike free shoe and I did all my training in that and then people have got all these fancy like trail running shoes and I tried buying new shoes and couldn't really I couldn't find I couldn't run in them so you end up buying these vests and stuff that will hold all your water and food and you get like some underarm like an underlayer um, jerseys or something like that I've got a great photo of me and two friends we, um, there's another guy that was joining us on this this run Charlie and he was from the UK actually and uh, he was you know probably a bit more custom to colder weather than what Jimmy and I were and 
where one of the um, local guys that we work with, he's like, oh, we'll go for a trail run and go up to this point. Like, uh, I think there's supposed to be a really nice scenery up there, but it was raining at the time. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, sweet. We'll be under the canopy of the trees or whatever. It won't be too bad. We start running and within about 15 minutes, we're hitting snow. And I was like, how long is this going to go for? Oh and then we ended up running through like ankle deep snow for probably like an hour and just over an hour. And it got to the end, like I couldn't feel my feet. I couldn't feel anything just trying to get back to the car. And once we got back to the car, it was just like, oh, what do we do? There's a great photo of us standing. I took a photo of us standing there. We were all in shorts and it was just like freezing, surrounded by snow. You couldn't see the trail, so you're slipping or <laughs> sliding around and stuff like that. It was, it was good fun, but it was also like something I'd never do again. <laughs> oh, or I don't God. recommend doing it. It's like the picture of misery. Yeah, it kind of was, but it was also it was a great way to – like we didn't run that long that day, but it was like a great way to – kind of mentally prepare yourself for what I knew was probably going to be an even harder challenge so it was good in, a, in one aspect but yeah man it's it was tough <laughs> amazing well so let's learn about New Zealand um I'm gonna try and not get too sad whilst I listen to you um my fiance and I lived in Australia for a year and we never made it to New Zealand so like so close but oh, so man. far gone. um yeah I don't know why we, we didn't just hop over and, and visit it's so sad but... I think a lot of people do that eh? they think oh it's you know, you'll get back there one day, but it is a long way to go from the side of the world. But it's um, it's definitely worth it. I definitely recommend if you get the chance. And yeah. you always need longer than you think too. It's kind of the other thing. You need quite a while to travel the small country. But Yeah. So whereabouts in New Zealand are you from? I was brought up about an hour and a half north of Wellington in the North Island. So kind of a smallish, rural, kind of orientated town. I think there's about 20,000 people and a lot of surrounding farms and dairy farms and things like that. Yeah, so I spent, well, I went to high school there and obviously was brought up there and my parents are still still living back there, a small town called Masterton. So. Yeah, so like pretty classic with like the rolling green hills and the sheep or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are more sheep than people in New Zealand. That's kind of the, the always <laughs> one of the questions. But yeah, a lot of, a um, lot of, rolling green hills and we have um like some larger kind of mountains in the background as well and the beach was about 40 minutes drive away so we kind of got a nice east coast beach or a couple of beaches um, which is pretty good and like very much a outdoor kind of lifestyle you know like being from a rural kind of community and things like that and having family that have been in farming and a lot of friends and their families that are in farming you kind of always brought up outside doing something or mucking around doing something which was quite cool like good experience nice yeah so I'm guessing that's why you ended up we'll, we'll get more into it but you you came to Vancouver because you were used to obviously the nature and you're pretty outdoorsy obviously so yeah what's your favorite thing about New Zealand what do you miss the most do you think uh oh other than meat pies um <laughs> yeah. I'd say probably family and just uh I think the people is New Zealand like Kiwis are pretty down to earth and easy going and um, like always good to like always down to have a good time and just have a laugh and things like that so people was always something you miss and all your friends and family and stuff are back home um, the other big thing is sport eh? like the, the international sport like rugby and cricket and things like that which obviously in the, in the UK you get too it's kind of one big thing I haven't fully got into the North American sports yet but yeah do definitely miss watching uh, rugby and cricket and rugby league and things like that. Oh, so all blacks, oh my god, <laughs> it's funny. Everyone asks like, if you're from New Zealand, everyone starts talking to you about the all blacks. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. all like hobbits. Yeah. Oh, you like you know hobbits? <laughs> like 
they're not real they're not real yeah. things but yeah like they film like, everyone asks about the lord of the rings or if you're in it it's like no i wasn't in the lord of the rings yeah i can't believe how beautiful it is though you just watch those movies and it's the most gorgeous landscapes it's just so beautiful so yeah i would definitely think lord of the rings hacker and the all blacks i think bungee jumping i feel like every <laughs> single person that i met like traveling around that area of the world like they would always end up in new zealand and do these like crazy bungee jumps you know where they like push you off the cliff in like a garden chair or something <laughs> have you done one or you, you've ever considered doing a bungee jump no i this is the thing with me like i'm really strange because i've done I, i've parachuted so i've jumped out oh. of a plane but i could never do a bungee jump i don't know why i think it's because when i'm like in the plane i'm strapped to somebody and they kind of force you to do it and you have no choice whereas i feel like if you're bungee jumping you have to actually stand on the ledge and like make the decision to like jump upside down into oh it is like i've done two of them i did the same so yeah i've done the same one twice now it's pretty awesome like it's over a a kind of river in taupo which is right in the middle of the north island um first time i did it was it was new year's day and i was really hungover and i think i was about 18 um and it was just so emotional so i just kind of jumped off and was like oh okay that's it (laughs) but um i did another one a couple years ago and did a tandem one and it was like it was funny because i was older and it I guess I'd probably stop doing so much, extra, so many extreme activities when I was older. And I was standing on the edge, and I was like, "Oh, this is a little bit higher than I remember it being." <laughs> and you kind of sit there, and you you don't want to be that guy that chickens out. So you go, "Oh, I've got to commit to this." So you just kind of no. grab the person next to me and lean forward, and just like hope that it worked out all right. Which is pretty funny. Yeah, you definitely do one if you get the chance. Oh, they're so cruel. You see those videos that go viral where they like tease you and then there's these like screaming tourists and they like just tease you and they think they're going to push your chair or whatever and then they don't. It's just so cruel. I love they it. often do that thing too where they'll like, you'll start leaning forward and it's the point of no return. They go, oh wait, and they'll hold up a, like a flailed piece of rope <laughs> <laughs> and it freaks people out and they're obviously just doing it to joke them and it's like, I was like, oh, that's rough, man. These people must be absolutely... Oh my God, yeah, I would it's cry. it's pretty funny seeing people and it's also funny just, it's great in Taupo, like a lot of them you can actually watch people doing them. So you just see like the fear on their face or like, oh, are they going to do it or they're not? And some people don't, but... I think they get given a t-shirt saying, oh, I almost bungee, but it's like, you're going <laughs> to pay amazing. and get to that point and you don't want to turn around. You just, you just got to do it. Eh? You just got to lean forward and just hope for the best, really. But you should definitely do it, though. If you ever go down there, there's one in Queenstown that's just huge. It's like over a big valley thing, and it's I think it's like one of the biggest free falls for a bungee in the world. Like, I don't even know if I'd be able to do that. Those crazy Kiwis. Oh, my God. No, I don't think I could. I, I think... Unless I was strapped to somebody and I could close my eyes while they throw me off with them, that's the only way I could do it, like I did in the plane. I don't have that, you know, the the jumping part. That's that's my downfall. <laughs> no pun intended. I'd be more worried about that probably than the, the bungee, just the chute not opening or something. Or, but how was that? It must have been freaky because how long did you free fall for that? Yeah, so I did 15,000 over the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, right. So it was one minute of free fall. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's such a long time. It doesn't sound like a long time, but when you have that pressure and that wind, it is just so intense for like a full minute. And then the chute opened and then it was just breezy and I could like help steer it and it was great. But I'm so glad I did it. I've done it. I've crossed it off the list. Don't think I'll probably do it again, but. <laughs> yeah, okay. Done. Yeah, okay. That's one thing I, I might have to add it to the bucket list, but we'll see. It kind of. I think it freaks me out more than a bungee jump, but one day I'll. Uh... 
overcome that hopefully yeah it's a pretty cool thing to be known for as a country like oh we're known for bungee jumps and hobbits and (laughs) haka and rugby i feel like these are all really cool things i found some really fun facts so other than my love of david farrier do you know david farrier i know the name but i can't recall exactly who he is oh i love him so he does the um the dark tourist documentary on netflix and then he also does like conspiracy stuff with the armchair experts podcast anyway he's a kiwi and he's awesome but um, other than that i have i had some other fun facts about new zealand that i found so new zealand is the first country to see the sunrise i thought that was so cool did you know that yeah yeah that's um there's people that will kind of New Year's, like the New Year's Day, they'll get up and go to the beach. I think like Gisborne, there's a town, Gisborne, which is on the East Coast. I think it's one of the first places to see the sun, I think. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Like people get up real early in, on New Year's Day and go and do that or something, which is quite cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, going back to the sheep, apparently there's nine sheep for every person. That's the fact. Uh, I haven't verified it, but... I'd say <laughs> there's pretty, probably, yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah, there's probably maybe even... Well, I think there's probably used to be more. Like, a lot of sheep farmers converted to, like, dairy farms, like, a while ago. So, yeah, it's funny. Everyone asks about the sheep. It's, like, it's quite funny. To be known for that, it's quite, quite a funny thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, I bet. Yeah, sorry for adding to that stereotype. That's my bad. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's jump into, yeah, the reason behind your move to Canada. When was the first time that you started thinking about moving abroad? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2018. I um, I was traveling through Europe and I was on like a, this is going to sound really bad because of my accent, but a top deck tour, which is where you do like a trip. You pay to do like a tour around with a bus and a group and things like that. You join a group and tour around and so I was doing that and then I was in a bit of a rut back home. Like I'd been, I'd done um, Camp America for a couple of summers. So I'd kind of hopped between New Zealand and America for about three years and living summer to summer, which was awesome. And then I was in a bit of a rut back in New Zealand, kind of been there back in my hometown and wasn't sure what I was going to do next and knew I needed out, but I just kind of hadn't figured out where to go or what I wanted to do. And visa options were kind of getting a little bit slimmer as I was getting older. So I kind of looked at UK or Canada and, I'd been to visited Vancouver before and thought it was awesome um, and just decided I'll put in an application to do that. And then once all that got sorted out, yeah, I basically booked a flight Wednesday and flew over on Saturday, I think. Yeah. How long is that flight? That must be a really long flight. Uh, I think direct it's like 14 hours, I think, wow. from Auckland to Vancouver. So it's not too bad, but it's not ideal. Like that's the one disadvantage of living in New Zealand, right? Is it's so far away from everything that it's uh, can be quite annoying to get to, but it's also keeps the country quite um, small population, and you know it's, it's one of those things. But yeah, it's not the not the best spending that long amount of time on a plane. But once you got here, you know you go through that whole thing of jet lag and like the one of the hardest things is you kind of land in a city and you don't know anyone and you don't even know. Like I had booked into a hostel and and it was like, how do I even get there <laughs> and like try to navigate public transport to get there or whatever with your bags? It's quite always an interesting experience when you're traveling. Yeah. Oh, so you just went straight to a hostel and then you kind of just figured out your next steps on the whim. Basically, yeah. Like I got out to the hostel and um, I think I'd booked in there for a week or two um, and I just... Got in there, I met some people in there, which is really cool. Like I've, that's one thing I've always really enjoyed whenever I've travelled as hostels. I think they're awesome for meeting people and um, you always meet people that are keen to do similar things because yes. they're travelling and that. So I met um, this 
French girl and this English guy that we became good friends and we're still like good friends now and we always catch up and when we can and things like that. But um, both of them were in the same boat as me, kind of turned up trying to line up a job or um, find a place. So spent kind of the first week looking around Vancouver, just exploring a little bit. And then it was into the like start applying for work and start looking for a place and all that sort of thing. So it took about three weeks to get a place. And then, yeah, it's, it's kind of all happened pretty quick. And I'm, I'm very lucky as well. Like I've, managed to fall on my feet but a lot of that has been due to the expat community kind of helping me out um without people putting me in touch with other people it would have been a lot harder and taken a lot longer but yeah I've been very lucky and very grateful for people that have kind of helped me out along the way which is good yeah oh my goodness so yeah building a community is key right yeah because you you land and you don't know anyone and then I guess you would recommend going to a hostel even if it is just for like a few nights I feel like I would go to a hostel by myself in you know Thailand or somewhere and yeah you just meet people that are so like-minded so quickly yeah that's really good tip it's it's a great way of just kind of breaking the or breaking the ice of people as well like they might not be staying in Vancouver or wherever you're moving to or wherever you are for long but it's just people are in the same boat so you kind of have something to relate to and they're going through the similar struggles as what you are or you know they're kind of doing the same thing as what you're trying to do so you kind of bounce ideas off each other or I remember the hostel I stayed in was dining room area and there would kind of most of us or some of us would be sitting around there in the evenings applying for jobs or and we just start talking and then you kind of go off on tangents of travel stories or whatever but it was always fun and it's a great way to meet people and make friends when you just come into a place without really knowing anyone i think i knew two people here when i first got here but they're all kind of in different parts of van and things like that so it was just i figured i'll just do it on my own kind of make it easier and take pressure on other people so yeah and it's quite common I guess that other expats kind of join together to find accommodation and to help each other find jobs and things like that so yeah how did you so you just met people in the hostel and then you just joined up and said hey do you want to get a place and then you just went kind of accommodation hunting together uh we didn't actually like I in hindsight that probably would have been a lot easier <laughs> like I don't know why I didn't think of that at the time we all kind of were just looking for like a room in a shared place or something like that so I went and viewed a couple of places and um, I'm still in actually the place that I first moved into which is quite cool and we just um, yeah we actually just tried to find rooms and shared places ourselves and kind of lived reasonably close together um, which is not too bad like fans a very easy city to navigate and get around which is great so it's easy to go and see people and things like that but yeah managed up in a suburb called mount pleasant which is a good spot like kind of east van ish area and yeah so far it's so good which is great nice so other than obviously hostels where do you think people could go to access that expat community and to start building you know those connections with people yeah there's um few avenues though like i like I've been like joined up to meetups, which is a um, website that you can utilize for people that have got similar similar interest groups. Um, and it, it is kind of, I think when you arrive in a new city, you just really have to be open to meeting people. Like through Luke, who I met in the hostel, like I've met his, the people that he was, he was living with um, and they're ironically two Kiwis, um, which is quite funny. So I met them and it was kind of great. Like, you know, got to know them and, my brother actually put me in contact with someone here that because he spent a bit of time here and he put me in contact with Jimmy, the guy I did all the running training with and he was nice enough to be open to meeting up for a beer. So we did that and then from there, like he's easily become my best mate over here and he's like, he's an awesome guy and through him, I've met a whole lot of people as well. He um, knew some other people that they used to do the thing called the 12 pubs at Christmas um, and that was like a cool thing where like a lot of Kiwis and Aussies and expats would get on this um trip like you know they'd do a 
pub crawl down Main Street on just before Christmas. So I ended up meeting one of the girls that was involved with it and just offered to help out organizing it and things like that. So it's just a great avenue to, I mean, if you can help someone out with organization or something, it's a great way to meet people. Um, and then obviously when you get employment, that definitely helps with meeting people as well. Like I've met some really good people through jobs that I've worked in. Um, which has been awesome so it's just you've really got to be open just kind of saying yes and taking the opportunity and you just roll with it eh? like hope for the best and things work out they do you might meet someone that you end up becoming good friends with or you might meet someone that you don't kind of socialize with them again but that's fine you kind of have a good time or whatever but um that's the biggest part eh? and then if you can't find like i think one of the big things for me i was always been into exercise and fitness and things like that so I found like I joined a CrossFit gym when I got here because I knew that it would be a good way of meeting people and that's been huge for me. Eh? Like I've met some awesome people through the gym and again like a lot of them are expats but um, I remember the first day I went there it was like a um, you kind of go in and try the class type thing and I remember like, you had to introduce yourself to everyone and everyone's like oh who's this funny sounding guy Like, <laughs> and then a guy just walked up to me straight away after I introduced myself to the class and he was a guy from the UK actually uh, Mike and he's like oh it was like a partner workout thing that you do on the weekends he's like oh, I just want to do the workout with me and I was like yeah sure and then he's just become a really good friend as well like I spent heaps of time with him he kind of messaged me this morning see if we wanted to go walk this dog up in the mountains and stuff and just you just got to be open to doing that sort of thing if you've got like if you're into yoga or if you're into some fitness class or writing or anything like that try and join a group or a club and it's just so helpful eh? yeah exactly and there's facebook groups for everything i feel like if you're an entrepreneur or if you're like you said if you have you know hobbies or you're into sports or even like your nationality so like there's like brits in toronto like there's all these facebook groups that are just waiting for you that have so many people and the people in there are so helpful like they always always go out of their way to like comment and help you out and you know there's meetups like you said yeah I think the most important thing is 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 to really just say yes like you said and and to just not put pressure on it you know if you don't get on with that person and they don't become your best friend like it doesn't matter like you can just you just keep going and just keep meeting as many as many people as you can um and just not you know not put so much pressure on it yeah covid obviously is, has made it a lot harder but yeah there's definitely like virtual stuff going on is, is there virtual meetups on like meetup.com i'm sure that they've like pivoted those events to be virtual yeah i think there is like i actually was on there the other night um because i hadn't used it in a long time and i my intention was to utilize it more especially last summer um like i kind of got here and i was getting my way through meeting people which was great and um started to get a bit of a group of friends together like i my friend from university lives here or lives here and she um i met her partner chris and he's awesome like um he's from the uk as well <laughs> it seems like all my friends here are actually experts like it's quite funny i spoke to her we get everywhere yeah i know but that's the beauty of it as well like if you meet another expert they've likely been through the same situation as you so there's immediately something that you can relate to and you kind of can talk about it or i always find um like I gravitate probably towards like Aussies or UK or South Africa and things like that. And a lot of it, it sounds kind of funny, but we all have like similar international sports in common, like rugby and cricket. So like if there's a game of rugby on, especially last year, the Rugby World Cup, you you could be down at a bar and you'd meet these English people and then just have like, you know, these great chats about stuff and there's a connection there straight away, which is great. Um, but yeah, I met him and he's awesome. Like he's real into his mountain biking and snowboarding. And then I, they would often invite me over for like a barbecue and things like that. And then he have like, 
Um, he's like one of their roommates is from England and there's Anthony is from Australia. Kane is from England. And then what actually ended up happening, this is another great way of meeting people if you're bold enough to do it, but we were sitting around having some beers one night at a barbecue and we we're talking about actually, cause I'm from a lot of them from the UK and like, Oh man, I really miss a good curry from the pub, you know, in the UK they'd go down to the pub and they'd get a curry or something and watch the football on there. Yeah. So we actually started a curry club. Um, we like, every month we'd get together and go to a different Indian restaurant and meet up and just chat and talk a bit of banter and have a curry and a few beers. And it was cool because it's like the third Wednesday of every month would like, you know, pencil in and see who's available and would go somewhere. And then therefore like they would start bringing some of their friends or I'd take like a new friend every now and again. So like the community keep growing or the group keep getting bigger and bigger. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we kind of had to put that on ice a little bit and we've done a few Zoom Zoom curry clubs, which has been great. It's, you know, it's a great way to keep in touch, but that was great fun. Ironically, there's no Canadians or no Indians in our curry club, but um, it's good fun. We talk a lot of lot of trash and have a few beers and enjoy the night once once a month, which is great. But if you're kind of looking for, like, to meet people, it's like doing something like that. Starting a group can often be a great way of just introducing yourself to new people when, you know, if a friend brings another friend, it's like there's another connection, you know, and it's like the circle just keeps growing, which is great. I actually... During COVID, when I when it first came, kind of kicked off, I was like, oh man, these restrictions, like what am I going to do? And ended up writing down a list of people that I could kind of reach out to or just stay in touch with and things like that in Vancouver. And I was like, looked at the list and I was like, I think I've got more friends here than I did back in New Zealand. And I was like, I'd only been here 18 months, but <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like it's actually, it can happen really fast if you if you're open to it, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. And I, there's never going to be a situation where someone doesn't want somebody to come and say like, hey, like you want to hang out, you seem cool, or you seem like we'd get on. Like, I don't think if someone came up to me, that would never be a bad thing. Like, I'd be so happy. So, you know, you doing that is probably going to, yeah, be, they're never going to, well, they might say no, but. Yeah, yeah exactly it's, right. It's like, yeah, but yeah it's, it's definitely just putting yourself out there. And it's kind of the same <laughs> when you travel around, um, like I've traveled by myself which I really enjoyed. Like I found that it was, it's a bit challenging when you first do it, but once you kind of get in a groove with it, I found it like, I loved it. I just being on your own and you can kind of make your own decisions, but you have to put yourself out there to meet people, which it's, it's a great experience. Like you, and I've, you know, you have these, you might be in a hostel and somewhere else in the world and you meet someone and you might spend two days with them traveling around a city or something. And then you part ways and you never see them again but it's like oh like had a great time with them cool like it's i think it's one of those things it's good good experience and good kind of stepping stone to moving abroad but yeah definitely just being open and saying yes and being willing to try new things and that is is cool and just being open-minded in terms of like not judging people because it's being over in canada you know like it is still we still speak english and everything like that and there's kind of similar similarities in lifestyle but there are different views so you just kind of got to be open-minded to that and they're probably thinking like it's this crazy New Zealand guy like doesn't know anything about the world type thing or you know like it's just all <laughs> just kind of listen hear them out and then you don't you know just try and get along with them as much as you can so yeah and you learn so much too like you can find common ground with anybody or at least I can like you you kind of develop that skill like the more you practice it and um yeah you can always find common ground and stuff that you have in common with people and yeah going back to your 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 judge comment yeah like just don't judge a book by its cover like one of the biggest things I've learned about myself is that yeah I used to make you know maybe snap judgments about people without even knowing it but since moving abroad I've consciously made an effort to 
to just get to know everybody that comes my way and, and give everyone a chance and yeah it's great oh yeah it's one of the best things about living abroad you just get to meet all types of people i reckon it's, uh, it's such an eye-opener and it's yeah it's awesome and especially to know you've got all these friends around the world now which is cool but i yeah i've loved it eh? like the the people i've met over here have been incredible and been i feel like i'm kind of lucky that i come from new zealand in a way because we don't have a too much of a bad rep and everyone kind of you know like people kind of meet you and they're oh rugby or you know sheep or something and uh, it's it's quite funny but also i've been very lucky with the the kiwis i've met here like there are quite a few of us here and but i've literally every job i've got since i've been here has all been through a kiwi that's helped me out and it's like without those people especially during covid i, I probably wouldn't still be here um so that's been huge like luke the guy the english guy i met in the hostel he moved in with these kiwis and um, he was talking about how he met me in the hostel. So those Kiwis friends knew one of their Kiwi friends that worked at this company. And he was over there one night. It's a confusing story, but he found out like through his Kiwi friends that I was looking for work. And he told them to get me to send the CV to this guy. So I sent my CV to Richard, who was another guy from New Zealand. Never met him. And I got an interview for this company. And I think I like never spoken to the guy before. And I, I was like, oh don't really know much about the company so i managed to get on the get on a phone call with him and have a chat and he was just basically oh you'll be right bro like you're a kiwi man like you'll be sweet and i was like oh, okay right <laughs> um and then i went in for the interview like one of the managers was like oh we better introduce you to richard then the person who put you forward for the job but you don't actually know who they are and i didn't know what he looked like i didn't never i had no idea who he was so it was quite funny that they even knew it was kind of a funny situation but um yeah like there was ended up getting that job which is awesome and then even with COVID, because of that industry kind of locked down a lot and things like that, and um, it was getting quite hard for, I think the company went through quite a rough stage during COVID. I lost my job through that. Um, and then Jimmy was like, he knew Bev, and Bev has a building company here, and kind of rang him after I got laid off. And I said, oh, bro, I just got laid off. This is like crazy, man. Like the world's imploding almost. And he's like, oh, that sucks. And then within a couple of hours, I think it was, Bev rang me and he's like, mate, I just heard you got laid off. That sucks. You're going to come work for me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, sweet. So, and I've been with him for so good. almost a year. So it's so funny, like all the work I've got, it's just all through people that, you know, Kiwis have been willing to help me out or someone's been willing to help me out, which has been awesome. Like it's been, a, like I said, without that, I wouldn't probably be here still. So it's it's been like, it's very humbling and also you're very grateful for those people that have been able to, support you along the way so oh for sure that's awesome that's so good what do you do uh so i'm working as a carpenter i've kind of done a lot of different things throughout my career but for the last couple of years i've been working in carpentry and was kind of getting into project coordination which is kind of the getting towards project management's kind of like the end goal but i mean obviously with covid it's kind of you can't really pick and choose at the moment you just got to roll with what you can get so amazing yeah that's so great that yeah you're there a year later and you probably what you even enjoy this role more than your original one it just shows that like you just have to be patient i guess and and keep meeting as many people as you can because you never know who's gonna really you know be the most valuable person in your life and give you that job that you need when you need it when it when you really need it most so well, it's just those connections, though, like, I think you probably find it as well. How was it for you moving over here? Like, did you know any people where you moved to, or was it kind of off the bat and you just made it work, or? 
Oh, no, I had a really easy ride because I met a Canadian, so I came with him and he just had his friends and um, their girlfriends and it's kind of been an easy ride for me, yeah, really. I'm not going to pretend that it's been tough because, yeah, I just, yeah, slotted right into his, his life and luckily... Um, yeah, like I get on with all of his like friends, girlfriends, and it's it's just worked out perfect. Like I couldn't have I couldn't have hoped for a better network to join. So um, yeah, it's been easy for me really. But the, obviously the job hunt is a whole new thing, and um, I had to figure that out for myself. But uh, yeah, I totally I, I totally have the same mindset. It's it's that unique mindset that like backpackers and travelers have. Like you just talk to absolutely anybody, and you can just like. I start conversations by giving compliments. I feel like that's like my go-to. So if if I like what someone's wearing or if like a girl looks really cool, she's reading a book I know or, you know, I just like talk to people and, and say like compliment them and, and just and do it that way. But um, yeah, we're, we're a unique breed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's like, I love it. The fact that, you know, you can kind of bounce off these people and it's amazing that people are willing to help you out as well. Especially in Canada, I feel like that's such a, a such a great thing that Canada has going for it because there's just so many internationals living in Canada. Like the numbers are huge, and there is really that sense of community. Like you go on these Facebook groups, and um, people are just so willing to share their experiences, and obviously this podcast and like all this stuff that's that's out there that that can help you. It's it's a real unique country for that i feel like you just feel so supported here it's it's great well it's kind of like how we kind of interacted first as well as you'd posted on the kiwis and vancouver page and i yeah. was looking for new roommates that i think i was putting a post on there for the rooms we had available and that's just what happened to see it i think you just put it on like must have just literally posted it and i was just posted my thing and i was like oh that'd be an interesting experience i just kind of was interested to know how it all worked and yeah like here we are so it's kind of yeah it's good we even had like when i put these the rooms online a girl reached out from australia and she was moving over um to do nursing um study nursing and i was like oh it's a tough time during covid to be kind of moving over to a new country and stuff like that so we were like oh, i was like oh she we ended up facetiming and things like that and she seemed really like real cool chick it's like oh she'll slot in really well um and we lined it all up but then unfortunately like i think it was boxing day she messaged me she's like oh i've just found out i'm not gonna be able to get out of australia because obviously they've got they've gone in and out of restrictions quite heavily over there and I was like, oh, that sucks. So, But it was just kind of like, it was nice to be able to offer her the room and just be able to, knowing that it would kind of make her life a little bit easier if when she moved over. It was kind of nice to be able to pay it forward a little bit and just, you know, help her out and kind of knew, like, you know what it's like moving to a new country. So Yeah, that's such a great point to end on for sure, like to pay it forward as well. Like if, you, if you've found you know, people supportive and you, you can pay that forward and help pe- new people coming in. I think that's that's definitely a popular mindset. Like, that's why I did this podcast because I was like, I've learned so much in four years and, and it I understand, like, the importance of sharing other people's experiences and stories and things. And, yeah, that's such a great reminder to, to make sure you're helping the community as well. So Oh, definitely, man. It's a unique, unique experience being a part of, like, an expert community, but I also think it's uh, you can meet some awesome people that, you know, are willing to help you out and you know, get along with and make your friends and make these connections. It's like you definitely hold on to them for life. Like I've got met so many great people here. It's um, it's yeah, it's awesome. I love it. So nice. Okay, I guess let's finish off with um, just something funny, something surprising. Uh, what do you think has been kind of the the most surprising thing that you found since moving here? Oh, one of the things that's kind of funny and, and there's some funny stories from it, but. It's like people don't understand what I'm saying sometimes. And it can get quite frustrating. 
Um, th- there was a case where I was at, actually caught up with uh, Luke and Corinne, the girl that I stayed in, or the guy and the girl I stayed in the hostel with and became friends with. And this was a while back, and we were at this bar. We were sitting outside, and he asked me, oh, like, oh, what have you been up to for work recently? And just as he asked me, this waitress kind of came around and, to come and serve our table. Because I'm a carpenter, I was like, oh, mate, I've been repairing a like, heap of rotten dicks like recently. Oh, no. <laughs> she just looked at me sideways and was like, and I was like, oh, I'm a carpenter. And she's like, I thought you were a surgeon. And I was like, oh, no, no, like, I'm a carpenter. Sorry, like, my accent. I was like, I wish I were. I mean, I'd probably be getting paid a lot more if I was a surgeon. I love that. Like, the way she looked at me, it was, it was pretty hilarious. But just sometimes I'll, like, be talking to someone on the phone and, you're trying to give your email address or something and they just like they don't understand you're just like oh, oh it can be really frustrating like and it's like i said like I'm, i don't i don't feel like my accent's that bad but i guess it's the only thing i hear is but then in, in saying that i've rung people back in new zealand like I've, I've, i remember a while ago i rang like my true insurance company and stuff like that and someone asked the phone this girl answered the phone and i heard like the new zealand accent from a female and i, I hadn't heard that in ages other than speaking to my parents and I was like, whoa, was that what people sound like back in New Zealand? I was like, oh, maybe it sounds kind of weird, but I'm just so used to these other accents now, like the North American accent, so it's quite funny. Yeah. I feel like because we've we've travelled and we've met so many different people in accents, it's like not a big deal for us, but some of these Canadians that we meet probably haven't even got passports, right? So the, the new accent is just such a novelty to them. Well, things get lost in translation. Oh, for sure. So, like, my favourite story of mine is... Um, I won't put it in the episode because it's already on... It, it was my first episode, but um, I was in a restaurant and I ordered a glass of water and everyone around the table was like, yeah, she didn't get that. Like, she kind of, like, looked weird and then just walked off. And then she, like, comes shuffling back to the table with, like, everyone's drinks and then she puts a plate of butter in front of me. <laughs> oh that's gold and i'm like sitting there and i'm staring at her and i'm like what she's like why would this person order butter <laughs> yes and and then my boyfriend at the time is like uh do you get a lot of orders of butter or like what do you think she wants butter for like there's no bread like what are you doing like, it just made no sense so that's hilarious though so now i've like softened all my teas right because i'm like water butter like you can't be like water butter here because they're like what Every time. Well, I found like I'm trying to speak more like a Canadian and I still don't, people still don't understand me half the time. And that's like, I guess the lucky thing of a lot of the people I work with are Kiwis or Aussies. So um, it's great. Like we just, it's easy to translate, but yeah, like you get in these situations and someone's asking, and they just look so confused and you could tell when they're looking at you that they just don't have any idea of what you're saying. And it's like at the start, it's kind of funny. Like you can kind of play it a little bit and then, the longer you're here, you're like, oh, my God, like, I'm speaking English. <laughs> well, I think I am anyway. Um, so that's pretty funny. Like, it's definitely, like, something that is a laugh. And you go to, like, Starbucks and they'll never get their name right because it's, like, everyone thinks my name's Tin, like, T-I-N. I was like, no, it's M. And they're like, Tin? And I'm like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, got, I don't know how else to say it. You know? I'm just like, oh. I know. So you just resort to nicknames instead. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that yeah, that's hilarious, and it and it's all good fun. Um, yeah, I know you kind of have to like admit defeat. Like I went through the drive-through the other day, and I was like tomato, and I like felt sick to my stomach. I'd be like, I can't believe I actually just gave in and said that through the, yeah, the drive-through. Yeah. But I, I did because I just knew it was an easy life. 
like oh, just little things like oh, like the boot of your car, which they call the trunk, or like garbage or rubbish, and mm. they just look at you and like, what? oh yeah, that's right. I've got to remember that I'm not back in New Zealand at the moment. So yeah, we're so similar with like the words that we say. Do you say garage or garage? I say garage. Well, I would if I was back in New Zealand. I'd say garage. Yeah, same. See, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Tim. This has been so fun. And um, yeah, so so such an important topic that I feel like many people are kind of like embarrassed to talk about, you know, oh, like making friends. Like it's such a weird topic sometimes to talk about. So it's really useful to, yeah, just chat through your experience and how, you know, positive and, and you know, how, how great your advice has been. So thank you so much. No, no worries. Thanks for taking the time to catch up. And yes, um, I think if anyone's kind of looking to, kind of take the adventure and move overseas obviously at the moment with COVID it's not not so easy but you know like you'll, you'll find someone that you'll connect with and once you kind of find one or two people it's it just snowballs after the day and it makes everything so much easier so you just got to be patient and take a bit of a risk and just kind of go for it yeah exactly so where can people find you do you have anything that you want to send people to I can add it to the show notes uh, oh I mean I'm not huge on social media like I'll on Instagram, but I don't kind of put too much stuff up there. But I, I think my um, username's like Tim Butler NZ, I think. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, yeah, if people are in Vancouver and listen to it and want to reach out or like uh, got any questions, feel free to get in touch through that. Um, if anyone wants to meet, obviously at the moment it's kind of hard to catch up for a beer or anything like that. But if anyone's uh, interested to know what Vancouver's like or has any questions yeah feel free to reach out and i'll try and point in the right direction i'll catch up with you for sure thank you that's awesome thank you so so much for listening as always it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening from and then if you're loving the show so far recommend us to your friends spread word and help us grow this exciting community until next week 